0: So let me just pray for a little moment for the senior leadership team and I want to just encourage us to say amen at the end of that, um, just in a, a agreement. And Father, we, we know that this team um, have many pressures and responsibilities, not just within church, but outside of church in family life and business life. And Father, we know that we need your strength to be able to do all the things that you ask us to do. And so Father, I just lift up the senior leadership team before you today And Father, we pray blessing on businesses, we pray blessing on homes and on families, on loved ones, we pray blessing on our health and just, uh, Father, our emotional uh, and, and physical health and our spiritual health. Father, we pray just your protection over each and every one. And Father, for those who will be part of the senior leadership team in the future, Father, we pray that even now that you'd be preparing hearts and, Father, that you'd be stirring people up to really think about the challenge of leading in this time that we're in as a church. Father, we believe that you're taking us into a new day. It is a new day, it's a new season, we're already in it. Father, you're doing new things and you ask, do you not perceive it? And yes, Father, we perceive it. But Lord, we pray, help us each to find a place in what you're doing in this church. Lord, every single person who comes to this church and calls it home, Father, we pray, may each one of us find our way to serve in church to serve your kingdom, to serve you. And Father, to see your kingdom come and your will being done in this part of West Lothian, the West End of West Lothian. And Father, we just pray that you'd move amongst the streets and towns in Whitburn and the surrounding towns and villages as well. And Father, that you'd cause your church and this place to rise up and to be all that you want it to be. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. 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 Now, I forgot to welcome those who are online. I'm assuming you're already online with us. Uh, Apologies, I missed you at the start, but welcome. Great to have you as part of our service today. And today, I just want us to think about uh, prayer and fasting for a little uh, bit of time this morning. Um, So, we began a a season of prayer with fasting. It's not 21 days of prayer and fasting. That would be a bit of a challenge. Um, Not an impossible challenge, by the way, um, but it would be a bit of a challenge. Um, So I want want us just to think about prayer and fasting for a moment today. In 2023, we need to go deeper in the Word, I said, depend more on the Holy Spirit and develop our prayer life. That's the first thing that I put up on the slide as we started the, the, the year. And I really believe that God is challenging us to go deeper into the Word, and we talked about that to develop our prayer life and we're talking about that today and also to depend more on the Holy Spirit and I'm going to talk about that next week in the life of the church and we will have communion next week as well. We've already begun this period of 21 days of prayer with fasting and uh, I just wanted to share a few thoughts on that, okay? This is not the be all and end all teaching on prayer and fasting. If we wanted to talk about prayer and fasting in a detailed way, we could probably spend a few days just delving into what God's word says about all these things. Uh, in fact, we could probably spend a long long time on these two subjects alone. But I want to think briefly about it today. Now, here's a question for you at the start. Do the brakes on the car make it make you go faster or slower? Do the brakes on your car make you go faster? Or slower? Okay. Let's do a little poll. If you think they make you go faster, put your hand up. If you think they make you go slower, put your hand up. Okay. All the people who had hands up for faster, you are correct. (laughs) And somebody's very excited about it. Because if you think about it, And I would love to have a car that's got painted brake calipers. I love painted brake calipers. And on the the picture on the screen here, it's got vented and grooved discs. That means that you can go faster, and when the brakes are applied, the brakes are able to dissipate the heat more. The faster you want the car to go, the better the brakes need to be, okay? Have you ever thought about how long it would take you to drive from here to Whitburn cross if your car didn't have any brakes on it? In fact, you would get to the traffic lights and you'd just keep rolling right on through and you'd be hoping there was no car there coming the other way. If you want to go faster, you need to have better brakes in the car. And I don't know about you, I sometimes think we approach uh, Christianity as a rules thing and think the rules are there to slow us down. The rules are there to keep us in check, but actually the rules are there and Christianity does have rules, but they're there to make you go faster. They're there to make you be all that God intended you to be. Have you ever had a moment where the brakes didn't work? <laughs> I've had a moment where you put your foot on that pedal and you're like, <gasps> where did they go? It's a horrible feeling. And I would like to suggest that there are sometimes there are times in our lives where we, we want to apply the brakes in our lives and we feel like we're out of control. Because things have got into us, they've got into our thinking, maybe things that we're doing or saying, and they get into our life, and we we can find ourselves not being able to apply the brakes in our lives, and we find ourselves out of control. The things that God has asked us to do are there to keep our lives in check, to keep us moving at the right pace, but to help us to go faster. And I don't know about you, I sometimes think when we think about things like prayer, and particularly fasting, it's like, I don't know about that. I'm quite into the prayer idea, but this fasting malarkey, I don't know what that's all about. Well, I'm going to talk a wee bit about fasting today. I'm going to talk a little bit about prayer, and I'm going to talk a little bit about fasting, okay? A little bit about prayer, and a little bit about fasting. It's getting longer, okay? Now, I want to just quote another tradition, okay? Chapter 2. The sacraments of healing, Article Four in Chapter Two. The sacrament of penance and reconciliation, Part Five in that. The many forms of penance in Christian life, and in this it says: this is the one thousand four hundred thirty-fourth point. It says this, and I can't read it because it's too small in my text here on the screen. The interior penance of Christian uh, of the Christian can be expressed in many and various ways. Scripture and the Fathers insist above all three forms a fasting prayer and almsgiving which express conversion in relation to oneself to God and to others and there's a degree of truth in that but there's something for me that's quite wrong with that and I want to explain what it is a sacrament is defined as a religious ceremony or ritual regarded as imparting divine grace a sacrament is is a religious ceremony or ritual regarded as imparting divine grace. In our tradition, we have two sacraments, communion and baptism. That's the two sacraments, and we'll have communion next week, and we open up the tank and we baptize people. And it says in the dictionary, penance is defined as punishment inflicted on oneself as an outward expression of repentance for wrongdoing. Wow. It's so easy to think about life in this way. There are many traditions and many religions which think about punishing the body in order to make yourself spiritually clean and pure. And I've watched things on TV of the way that some people, and it's nothing to do with Christianity, other religions, where people do the most bizarre things, punishing the body and actually mutilating the body in order to make themselves pure and holy and acceptable to God. That's not what the Bible says. I don't believe that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't die on a cross so that we could then add to that by knocking ourselves out by religious practices that torture us that would suggest that what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough. Either what he accomplished on the cross by dying for our sin was enough or it's not. I believe that what Jesus accomplished on the cross is enough. And our response to that is a faith response. And we accept Jesus by faith. We accept that sacrifice by faith. And something happens. There's a transaction in our lives where the Holy Spirit comes in and lives in us and begins to make a work of transformation in our hearts. This is what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It's not about us punishing ourselves, it's about us receiving the gift of God which is freely given to us. We're washed by the blood of Jesus. That sounds like a strange phrase, doesn't it? It sounds strange to our modern ears, as we read the old testament we realize that there's blood sacrifice involved all the way through the old testament jesus came to fulfill that and to stop that and to be the once and for all sacrifice for all sin for all people for all time and he accomplished that in the cross and we receive that by faith and we invite jesus into our lives and i just want to say something really clearly i do not view any spiritual discipline as a form of punishment but as a spirit-empowered act of devotion that draws me deeper into a relationship with the living God. It's not about punishment, but there is a discipline aspect to following Jesus. I do believe that the disciplines are part of the ongoing transformation process of following Jesus, and Paul refers to that in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 about being transformed through the renewing of our minds. We do things to renew our minds. And so today, when we think about prayer and fasting, I want us to get away from that rules and regulations mindset and being able to do things in our own strength. Because we could all pray and we could all fast and it could all be totally meaningless. Right? It could be totally meaningless. And I'll talk about that in a wee while. But what I do want us to understand is that Jesus expects us to pray and Jesus expects us to fast. And I'll talk more about that in a second as well. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. In other words, what are you accomplishing and achieving through this? If you're doing it to make a big show about it, then you've already received your award. You've received the praise of other people. Well done, look at you. You're fasting. Well done, look at you. Aren't you doing a good job? That's not what it's about. And I think we need to grasp something in the church in our time. It's not about making a big show of things. It's about the work that God does in us. And a lot of the things that God does in us are done in secret are done in private but i want you to grasp something that says that it says in this scripture it says when you fast jesus didn't say if you fast he didn't say have a think about fasting he said when you fast and then paul in the book to the romans he says this therefore i urge you brothers in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So, on the one hand, I'm saying, don't get all concerned with the rules and regulations. But on the other hand, I'm saying, Jesus is saying, when you fast. And Paul's saying, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. The word urge that Paul uses here is the word parakaleo, the Greek word. And it's in a different form, the word that we use, one of the words we use for the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the one who comes alongside us. But it also means to ask or to beg or to plead, to comfort, to encourage, to exhort, and to urge is the word that it uses here. To call people, to invite people. I'm inviting you, I'm calling you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's not a command. Notice that it's not a command. And it's not a rule. So we need to get this whole rules thing sorted out. And doing things in our own strength, we need to get that sorted out. We need to begin to depend on the work that God's doing in us to change us. I do believe that it is an expression of our faith, devotion, and worship you know it does us good sometimes to think about how much our lives revolve around our bodily routines have you ever stopped to think about it how much our lives revolve around around our bodily routines the body that we live in eating sleeping exercising not exercising enough let me just throw that one in it's still january how many people are still doing the exercising one or two good excellent Working, resting, the other things like watching TV, surfing, the net. Okay? There's one or two people in here who like surfing. But surfing the net, social media. Think about the amount of time you spend on social media. What do you do? For hours and hours and hours. Collectively, how many hours do you think we do that in one week? A lot. I've actually stopped using social media. Just in case you're not aware, if you see that I'm not on Facebook, somebody sent me a wee message. I was on trying to check something for the church during the week. And somebody sent me a message and said, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I'm okay. I'm just not on Facebook." If you want to get in touch with me, here's my mobile number. <laughs> I'm still on the planet. I'm just not on Facebook. And the amount of time we spend on all of these different things, hobbies, sports, they're not bad, nothing wrong with these things, they're time with other people, time with family, talking and listening, we do all of these things, and our lives are filled with things that surround our body. Oops. But let's pause for a moment to consider prayer, and this is just a little bit, okay? And then we're going to do the fasting bit, like we'll see how long it goes, eh? Are you sitting comfortably? Because we've still got a bit of time to go. Song. Prayer, in its simplest definition, is communication or communion with God. Communication or communion with God. And if you know anything about communication, is communication all about talking? It's about listening as well. You will know as well as me that there are sometimes you just want somebody to listen to you, don't you? I just want you to listen to me. I don't want you to try and fix the problem, husband. I just want you to listen to me. Okay? (laughs) Listening is so important. But communication is a two-way process. And prayer is a two-way process. And very often we think that prayer is what we say either inwardly or outwardly, to God. But prayer is a two-way process. When we think about communication with other people, it seems like the most natural thing in the world to do. We do it every single day in our families, in our workplaces, wherever we find ourselves. Yet get some people together to pray. And I don't know if you've noticed this. Everybody's talking, talking, talking. And then it comes time to pray and we go. And when you're on Zoom, some people sneak a wee look. But when we go to pray Everybody goes quiet It's like What am I going to say God already knows what's in your heart Just talk to God And listen to what God is saying inside of you But it can often change The whole tone of what we're doing can change In an instant when we go Okay now it's time to pray Okay get serious now i are not allowed to laugh Okay, and then some people pray funny prayers and you laugh anyway. We can chat endlessly among ourselves, but when it comes to praying, and I encourage us to come together to pray because it makes a difference. Your prayer and my prayer is our natural, res- natural response to our Heavenly Father. The disciples were curious about prayer. Lord, teach us how to pray. How does he do this thing? And what did he do? He gave them a prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and he taught them this prayer that was a prayer about praying together. It was a prayer of togetherness. Do you remember that message, the plurality in the Lord's Prayer? It's full of plurals if you read it. Read it again if you're not sure. Prayer is a response to what God is doing. We're meant to pray, and we're meant to pray together. But prayer can also be an individual thing and it often is. And it can be silent or or it can be expressed out loud. We can pray in all sorts of ways. We can pray in tongues. We can pray through song as we were doing this morning. And we can pray as we thought about it, on Tuesday night with those groans that we can't even express in words. And something comes up inside of us. And it's just a groan. And God understands the groan. And there are moments in our lives where we're so upset that we cry and all we're doing is crying. And God understands the language of our tears as well. God understands our hearts. We need to get this. Think about the myriad of languages in the world, and God can understand every single one. Why? Because he understands what's going on in here. We don't understand the language of other people, but we understand the heart of other people, even if we don't understand their language. I've been in a place where I was with people, and I don't know their language, but I could sense that something was happening in their heart because we understand the language of the heart. I want to think for a little minute about fasting. What is fasting? And I want to just clarify this. If you have a medical condition, it's unwise to fast. Let me just be really clear about that. If you're concerned about fasting, and I'm talking about fasting from food here, and you have a medical condition, be really careful about this, okay? Diabetes is a a notable example because diabetic people need to eat in a regular way to control Uh, the way their body's functioning so it's it's a serious thing to go without food and it can have a negative impact on our health if we're not careful so I want to make that really clear before I talk about fasting for a few minutes we were watching a little program uh, during the week called Limitless uh, where a guy called Chris Hemsworth is is actually on a four-day fast and he's finding out how that fast can actually help his body to function better because we think We think how can that ever help us but there are actually physical things that happen in our bodies while we fast and that that, that can change us and they can be good for us but we also need to be careful about that we sometimes think that well our lives, lives revolve around breakfast second breakfast luncheon dinner supper sorry that's the hobbit coming out in me and we think about food all the time, and we think about how much our lives revolve around food, if you think, stop to think about it, and then there's all the little snacks in between, especially at Christmas time, I think Christmas is a nightmare. I eat too much at Christmas time, it's just because it's there. And I don't want to waste anything. Everybody tells me, "Don't waste food at Christmas. Well, here's the solution: Don't buy extra food at Christmas. Stop buying me food. And Chris Hemsworth goes on a four-day fast, and he thinks about a, a group of people called the Hadza. I've mentioned these guys before, a tribe in Africa, They're in this particular tribe in Tanzania. And they can go for days without food. And then somebody's got to go out and hunt. And here's a picture of the wee guy learning how to use his bow, and he actually hits the target. And they have to go out and hunt for food. And the guy in the picture there, the dad, he goes out and they hunt, and they They catch something, they bring it back, and everybody's happy, and they have a feast, and they eat. But they go for days without eating. Our bodies can survive for a long time without food. They also, in this program, couldn't find a picture, but they looked at a bunch of Orthodox Christians who will travel fasting on foot to go to church for a whole day. They're walking over the hills for a whole day, fasting and then they arrive at church and I thought wow that's commitment for you fasting and praying as they head towards church fasting in its essence is to go without food and or drink for a period of time it could be a meal two meals a day whatever we read of different kinds of fasts in Daniel chapter 10 verse 3 we read about Daniel who who chose a particular type of fast where he would abstain from certain things. In Esther chapter 4, verse 16, we read about a lady who took courage and said, look, if we don't fast, if we don't pray, then something bad might happen to us. We might get exterminated here. And Esther is an amazing example of faith. But she decided to fast and to pray for three days. And that was a total fast. No food, no water for three days. And she encouraged all the other Jews to do the same. I want to ask this little question, why should we fast? And I want to suggest that today fasting is an act of humility or a way of humbling yourselves before God. It's about seeking God above everything else. And that was the challenge. And I hadn't thought about that earlier part of the service where I, I really felt God was saying, is it, are you singing a song or is this the desire of your heart? I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper that into my my heart as we were worshiping. And what I'm saying about fasting is it's about seeking God above everything else. This week, we joined some pastors to pray. There was about 200 people or just under, and we had been fasting in preparation for that. We fasted during it. And uh, I I actually found the fasting experience quite a challenge, uh, if I'm being totally honest. But the question was asked, why are you going without food? Because there's something that's more important. At this point in time, there's something that's more important. And it's a real challenge to us because we're so programmed by the way that we live. But I would like to suggest that one of the primary reasons we fast is to humble ourselves before God. And we need to think about that. And I know that time is marching on, but bear with me just for a few more minutes. Where we want nothing more than Him. We want nothing more than Him. You know, That when that question was asked on Friday morning, the answer was because we want God to move in our nation in a way that He's not done for a long time. That was the answer. But my answer was, I'm fasting because I want God. I want God more than anything else. That was my personal answer. But let's not get caught up in the whole thing about rules and regulations, okay? don't let's get caught up in that because fasting isn't a rule it's not a regulation it's not a command it is an expectation but it's not something that we get caught up in and richard foster in this little book a celebration of discipline discipline has a chapter on fasting i don't know if you've read this we did this as a study in the church many many years ago and there's some incredible stuff in it. Um, I'm going to hang on to that book, if you don't mind, because I use it for reference. So that one's going back in the platform. Okay, nobody pinch it. But you can get that book. Um, it's not expensive. Um, I encourage us to get a hold of these things and to think about the disciplines. The disciplines aren't like rules to, to make you go slower. They're there to make you go faster. Let's just not forget that. But in that book, he says this, there are simply no biblical laws that command regular fasting. And I want to read another verse that backs this up, um, and it's from Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 to 23, and I'll put part of that up in the screen in a minute. And Paul is saying this to the Colossians, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? don 't handle don 't taste don 't touch these are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. but listen to what Paul says such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with the self imposed worship and the false humility and the harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence or generally indulging our flesh or our old nature as we thought about last week Let's not get caught up with the outward show of things and let's get caught up with the person that we're coming to fast before. We're coming to a holy God. We're coming to Jesus who has died on that cross for us. And we believe that what he has done is the most important thing to have ever happened in our world. And we want to tell other people and we want other people to come into that experience of knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's why we do the things that we do Not in a rules and regulations way but in a Holy Spirit come in and change me way and help me to go faster. And he doesn't say scream if you want to go faster. Okay? It's not like being at the shows. But it's about God doing things in our lives. How should we fast? I've got a few minutes just to finish off today. How should we fast? I want to just say at this point in time, that fasting is a challenge. It's not an easy thing to do. And so I want to encourage us to think about making progress, okay? Making progress, but it's not an easy thing to do. I remember a time way, way back when I was just a wee boy, and we went to Bells Hill Swimming Baths. And in those days, it was communal changing rooms. Yay! Who loves communal changing rooms at the swimming baths? I hate stuff like that, right? I hate stuff like that, okay? I need my privacy. And we all get changed and ready for the swimming baths and everybody, my pals, all ran out and just jumped into the pool and I followed them and jumped right into the pool at six foot six. And then realized, <gasps> I can't swim. And somebody had to grab me and bring me out of the water and get me up onto the side of the pool. Just jumped straight in at six foot six. Couldn't swim. What an umpty. <laughs> Nothing's changed, says Mary. <laughs> I want to encourage you, don't jump in at six foot six and say, okay, Stevie was talking about fasting today. I'm going to go into this week and I'm going to fast. Yes, Jim. <laughs> what? <laughs> you jumped in at short swimming pool. <laughs> oh dear, it's an easy thing to do, clearly you're an intelligent person, Jim, I'm an intelligent person, and yet we do silly things sometimes, eh, I want to encourage you, don't just go say, well I'm going to do a seven-day fast this week, right then, okay, I want you to think about starting small, maybe miss one meal, okay, I'm going to put some things up in, and Richard Foster talks about this in the book, if you want to explore it, Maybe miss one meal. Maybe you want to abstain from one particular type of food. You know, maybe go vegetarian for uh, a week or so or, or try something like that. Maybe do a 24-hour partial fast where you, you miss two meals, so maybe breakfast and dinner. So you start on the, the evening and you, and then you go through, select like tea time and six o'clock and on the Tuesday and you go through uh, to six o'clock on the Wednesday. You miss two meals. And that's okay. And you can do a partial fast where you'll drink tea and coffee and stuff like that. Or do a full fast where you just have water uh, for that period. And then you can jump into something that's a bit more, uh, so like a full fast where it's the same idea, but uh, for for that period of time. And then you can maybe progress to a a 36-hour fast. Yay! That's what we did on, uh, so Wednesday night through to uh, Friday morning at 10 o'clock. We were fasting for this prayer gathering thing that we do. And hey, hey! Well done, Stevie, you've had your reward, okay? I'm not expecting to get rewarded for that one in heaven, okay? But I'm just telling you what we were doing. And I found that fast a real challenge. And I found that actually coming out of that fast a real challenge as well, I actually felt quite unwell, which is why I'm saying let's be careful about fasting, okay? Let's be careful out there. To quote a famous TV program. And then you can go to... uh, the laughs, you know, the program I'm talking about. Then you can progress to uh, more in-depth fasting, um, three to seven days, um, and I, I have only once ever done a fast that lasted three days and i 'll tell you it 's a challenge to do that, but it 's about seeking God and it 's about finding His purpose for our lives. I want to encourage us to use the prayer diary this week and maybe just to fast once a week, even because there 's two occasions on this where i 'm challenging us to fast, and maybe you 're only fasting from one meal that 's fine. Don't get caught up in the the rules, okay? Forget about the rules. It's not about the rules. Let's just ask God, what do you want me to do? And be at peace about what God's asking you to do. But do it, because it's an expression of our heart. It's all about developing our personal and corporate prayer life. It's about our heart before a holy God, and it's about our hunger before a holy God. And the Bible tells us, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled and with that i'm finishing today i want to encourage us to think about this i've only really just touched on these subjects today there's so much more to learn about it but it's not about the rules okay it's about the relationship with our heavenly father who wants to come and encourage us to go faster okay he wants to encourage us as a church to go faster let's just pray as we finish off today father we thank you for your presence in our gathering today. We thank you that you're living in our lives. And Lord, we want to serve you with all that's within us. We want to give you glory and praise in our lives. And Lord, we want people to see Jesus in us. And we want the church to be built. And Father, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, And you are building your church regardless of what everybody else might say. And Father, we want to be part of that building process. And Lord, we we want to be built up uh, in ourselves, in our inner life. And so Father, we, we just ask that you would help us, Lord, it's not about following a set of rules, but Father, it's about you enabling us to do the things that you've asked us to do, the expectation that you have in us, not to to slow us down, to hinder us, but Father, to give us that life that you desire for us. Lord, to give us a, a life that will help us to fulfill our full potential in you. And so, Father, we pray, lead us and guide us in these things. May we take even the smallest of steps, in the right direction to follow you. And Father, we ask that you would fulfill your purposes for us as individuals, as families, as groups in the church, for the whole church, for our communities, for our street. Lord, maybe, maybe you've given us a burden for the people in our street. Help us to pray that burden through. And Lord, I really believe that you want us to do something about that. And we'll talk about that more just in a wee while. But Father, we just pray, help us. Help us. We need your help. We can't do these things in our own strength. But, Father, we know that that's not required because your word says that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so, Father, we pray that you would come and enable us. Lord, where we've been maybe wrestling with the rules, help us to just rest in you. And, Father, allow your spirit to come and to move us and to transform us and to change us so that we become all that you want us to be in jesus name we ask amen lord bless you have a fantastic week please remember to join us on zoom for prayer midweek and on saturday next and we ask that you just join us in that have a great week and the lord bless you